0: Welcome, I'm Chaplain Kevin, and today I'm talking with Anne, who at a young age discovered her voice through writing. While she fought for her own voice to be heard, she amplified the voices of others. And through it all, she began to live her truth. This is Coping. Well, hi, Anne. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you with me to hear more about your story.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Thank you. Well, as I read your story, one of the main themes that came up for me was this idea of truth. What does the word truth mean to you?
1: Well, I think it means letting my voice be heard.
0: Where has truth and letting your voice be heard come up for you in your life?
1: I think I discovered my truth and my voice, actually, when I was 16 years old. Mm. I got the idea or the gift to start writing poetry. Mm. And I just felt if I didn't write a poem a day, I would lose it. So I (laughs) I kept writing poetry, and then eventually started publishing my work. Sure. And then I had a wonderful English teacher, my senior year of high school yeah. and got me involved in writing for the student magazine. And, and then I got the idea to write to Irma Bombeck, the um, humorist um, who was pretty popular at the time. And she was actually lived in the next town over from me. She was writing columns for the newspaper, Kettering Oakwood Times. And I thought, well, I'll write her a letter to see if I can you know, get some advice from her about, about writing. Hmm. and um, surprisingly, she did write me back. She was very encouraging. She wrote, uh, you're on your way at 16. She goes, (laughs) when I was your age, I couldn't write my name on my gym shorts. Oh, my gosh. And then she said, good luck and God bless, Irma Bombeck.
0: And you still have the letter today?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. She still inspires me.
0: Wow. So with so much positive feedback from your teacher, from the local newspaper, from this writer, what were your parents saying? Uh, how, what was their take on this whole writing thing?
1: Well, it was really interesting because, and maybe this is what makes a writer. Um, mm-hmm. My parents weren't very uh, communicative. They, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't taught or encouraged to share our feelings and our uh-huh. thoughts. And um, you know, I was writing in a diary at that point too, all my mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings. And my, um, you know, my parents were very kind of. wonderful people but very kind Mm. of stoic you know and my Mm. father having been a Marine and just kept a lot of his thoughts to himself I mean Mm. he was more physical and being a physical therapist taking care of patients and my mom was taking care of us but uh, communication wasn't something in our home Mm. so I think my father was a bit just indifferent or didn't understand Mm. and my mother Mm. maybe she didn't understand what I was trying to do either Mm. and Mm was a bit of a struggle, Mm. because I felt like editors were hearing me, but not my own family.
0: Wow. Where did your journey take you next?
1: Well, I knew I wanted to go to a certain college, Mm. uh, because they had a good creative writing program there. And they had writers there, professional writers who Mm -hmm. were professors. Mm. Again, there was a little bit of opposition there. My father thought it was a party school. Mm. I didn't, That was the furthest thing from my mind. You know, I I thought I was wanting to be a serious writer and I wanted to learn from serious published writers who were farther along on their journey, I guess. And so my high school teacher, Mr. Keene, very much encouraged me. Mm. I think my mother must have convinced my father, so I was able to go to the college of my choice. Mm. And it was a dream come true to actually have an independent study. Uh, set up for me where I could write, you know, 20 poems for the quarter and have a professor who could guide me. And then I had another wonderful professor, uh, Byron Scott, who encouraged me to write articles. Mm. So it it just was like another turning point for me. Mm. And he let me kind of come in through the back door and write for their for the uh, student community magazine I got oh. to take some classes and um, started entering contests.
0: Mm. I
1: uh found out about the Mademoiselle guest editor competition whereas if you won you got to spend a, a month in New York and work on the oh. magazine and cool so I entered twice and got honorable mention wow. the second time I really got into some. Journalistic stories, writing about mm. black lung disease, and I interviewed mm. families in the Appalachia area, which mm. was where my college was located, and um, also um, I did another article about uh, rape awareness uh, on mm. campus, and uh, wow. I learned so much. I learned to be a good journalist as well.
0: Wow.
1: You know, I met my husband at the time in college. He was studying law. So we were both working really hard on our potential careers, and I always knew I really wanted to go to New York City. I felt like that was the place to be. That was the sort of magazine, book publishing mecca, you know, of the country. And so first year of our marriage, I was in Cleveland. He was scared of taking the bar in New York City, so Mm. there was a little bit of some struggle there, Mm. and I had to fight Mm. for... Protecting my voice and wanting to continue and move forward with my career. So finally convinced mm. him to go. We loaded up our st- all our stuff in a U-Haul and drove to New York City. Wow. <laughs> I'd always been drawn to health. I felt like I could help a lot of people writing articles about health. So when I was working at Ladies Circle Magazine, we had a section of the magazine called Su- Survival Stories. And it was about women who survived situations and um, learned to thrive. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I felt like being a writer, I could use my voice and express my truth, but I got a great set deal of satisfaction in um, helping other women find their voices as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it was sort of a, a nice ripple effect. I not only could use my voice, mm-hmm to help others, but encourage others to use their voice as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was, we were really having a great time in New York City and we moved to the suburbs and I was still continuing to do my writing. Mm. And then we had um, another child, daughter, and um, all of a sudden my husband comes home one day and tells me we need to move. His Mm. company is moving us, so.
0: And where were you guys moving to?
1: To San Francisco.
0: (laughs) Oh gosh so clear Not
1: across it. the country uh,
0: <laughs> can't take the train into New York City anymore.
1: Yes gosh. and it was quite yeah. a quite a jolt because I thought now what am I gonna do mm. you know to leave this mecca of the publishing world to go to mm. San Francisco? I thought, what's in San Francisco mm. for me mm. And I tried to look at it like an adventure um, mm. Mm. and with the kids and I thought, well, you know maybe, Moving to California would, wouldn't be so bad, and I'll figure mm. something out. Mm. Mm. But uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, is this the end of my career, my voice? How mm. am I going to be heard now? Right. So we ended up moving, and um, shortly after we moved, I had an agent contact me. Mm and he had seen my credentials in a directory that we put out through the um, American Society of Journalists and Authors. Hmm. And I was a member of that group, I got into that group, which was another wonderful acknowledgement of my voice. Hmm. And then um, I said, well, he's asked me if I had any ideas, and and Hmm. introduced himself. And I said, well, sure. Yeah, I do have some ideas. So I told him about my book idea, and he helped me write a book proposal. Hmm. And lo and behold, we found a publisher. And so I um, ended up writing the book. But again, my voice was stymied, because Hmm. I had this book advance Hmm. to write the book. But my husband, um, started throwing a lot of concerns at me. Well, who's going to take hmm. care of the kids? How are you going to get the time to write a book? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but thank God I had a really good friend of mine, whom hmm. I had to leave in New York, hmm. who told me, don't worry about anything, write hmm. the book.
0: Hmm. Why do you think your husband was um, expressing concerns? What, what was the basis of his concern?
1: Well, I really wish I knew. Uh, hmm. I always felt like if we helped each other, you know, we both could be successful. Mm. And so I persevered anyway. I would take the kids to nursery school, a wonderful mm-hmm. nursery school, mm. which they enjoyed from nine to three. And during those hours, I would go be home riding like crazy. So nine wow. to three was my time. Wow. Then I would pick my kids up from school, take them to swim lessons or their activities bring yeah. them home, fix some dinner, put them to bed. And mm. uh, after they were in bed, my husband would come home from his work. So mm. it was pretty much all on me.
0: Truly the picture of a working mom.
1: Yes, it was, yeah. It was. I was a working mom.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, times two, actually yeah. I felt like I had double, two jobs, double duty. But yeah. to yeah. me, I felt so strongly about being able to help women.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I felt by writing this book and helping them, Mm -hmm. that they could have their voice again, it was me wanting to make a difference in the lives Mm -hmm. of other women. At the time, I kept thinking, I'm just going to keep pushing and pushing and he'll be proud of me, my father will be proud of Mm -hmm. me, my mom will be proud of me, you know, everything will fall into place. And I was determined, again, to write this book to have my voice Mm -hmm. be heard. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got the galleys um, around Christmas time. My parents were visiting and I was really excited about it. I thought, oh, now my dad will be proud of me. Now he'll maybe read the book and sort of understand Mm. what I'm all about Mm. and my mom. But for some reason, I I didn't expect this from my father, but he started reading the galleys, got through like a page and said, to me, did you have all your marbles when you wrote this? Oh, gosh. And oh. it felt like someone just took a gun and shot me through the chest. Uh, it, I was like almost paralyzed. Wow, I just, I was just devastated.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Be Well Resources. Be Well is a wellness organization that provides mental and spiritual tools for whole person health. Be Well helps you develop your unique gifts and discover your calling. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Be Well Resources to take your next steps toward being well.
0: Welcome back. Can you tell me about the importance of continuing to tell your truth, letting your voice be heard in the midst of opposition? Why is that so important to continue to push and make sure that your voice is heard?
1: Uh, I think it's important for women to let their voice be heard because we, we are worthy. Mm. And I think we need to stop believing whatever lies mm-hmm. um, come our way mm-hmm. from others because we are worthy. And each of us, mm-hmm. I think, has a special gift. and we can't let our voices be silenced. Mm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, New Year's came and came and went. And I remember thinking uh, the book was going to be published in January, Mm. just feeling sort of this shadow of shame from what my Mm. father said, but Mm -hmm. hopeful that good things would come from the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, lo and behold, It did. Um, My book was excerpted in not just one edition of Reader's Digest, but three editions of Reader's Digest. Wow, wow. uh, And not only Reader's Digest in the U.S., but Great Britain and Canada.
0: Wow, wow. And
1: I ended up being on the Today Show.
0: Oh, my goodness, wow. And
1: several other TV shows and over 60 radio
0: programs. Wow, wow. So this uh, highlight of being recognized by the Reader's Digest and uh, being on the Today Show, where did your journey take you next?
1: So I was still writing and still being mom pretty much Mm. with all my kids' activities. And then my husband tells me we need to move again, that there's a job Mm. opportunity in Dallas, Texas.
0: Oh my gosh, wow.
1: So here we go again, you know, (laughs) with more change. Um, And I, had no clue of Texas. We had visited his brother in Texas, but mm. I thought, again, what am I going to do there, you know? Mm. Mm. So uh, we did move to Texas, and as I was wondering what am I going to do with myself, with my voice, I saw a little advertisement in the, I think the Dallas Morning News about the Dallas Screenwriters Association. Mm. And I didn't have a clue about writing screenplays, but I thought, oh, it's a writing group, so I'll join. So I started going to the meetings, learning about writing scripts, and it was like uh, my passion was renewed again. My voice, Mm -hmm. I found the energy and passion for my voice again, and I just poured myself into it.
0: Wow. Um, Being uprooted yet again. How do you know when to let your voice be heard, when to speak your truth, put your foot down, versus being accepting and trying to make the best of your circumstances.
1: Yeah, sure, I think it's listening to your heart. Mm. I mean, certain situations, sometimes you don't have much of a choice, but part of me as a writer is that sense of adventure, that Mm. sense of new experiences to write about. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Okay, so in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe I need to just uh, take a chance with this and True. see what what new experiences I could write about because mm. I think, in a way, that made my voice stronger.
0: It's really good, Anne. Thank you.
1: So, when we were in Texas, um, I was writing for the Dallas Morning News and um, and writing, you know, screenplays. And then I got word that my father, who had Alzheimer's, was not doing very well. And I was going back there fairly often. So I did get to see him. But when I came back to Dallas, he had passed away. And that was a turning point for me. Um, I felt like this heaviness Mm. had been somewhat lifted and a new window had opened. Uh, While I missed him, Mm. I felt this relief relief. Mm. not to have to get his approval anymore. Mm. It was also a turning point in my marriage because um, I felt like my uh, spouse and I were drifting apart, very Mm. involved in our careers. Mm. At that point, the kids were off to college. Uh, We were empty nesters. And Mm. um, and I, I started thinking about California again and especially southern california because i had gone there several times to visit my daughters and i had started um making connections with producers hmm. and writers groups and in my heart i knew i was supposed to be there hmm. long story short i loaded up my pt cruiser
0: hmm.
1: with my belongings
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: and my three cats, my dog Charlie, and <laughs> headed to California. And the apartment just happened to be uh, a block from the ocean.
0: Wow. So you take this drive um, from Texas to Manhattan Beach, California. Um, what happened when you got there?
1: So I, I began getting established and uh, was writing more and more screenplays and going to various workshops and uh, I was learning a lot, writing a lot. Um, at this particular juncture, my daughter graduated, was working for ABC and becoming a producer. Mm. And eventually we we thought, well, maybe we'll join forces here. Uh, she's a good storyteller. So mm. we started working together a little bit.
0: Mm.
1: And mm. currently we're marketing um, four screenplays, two romantic mm. comedies and two true stories.
0: Yeah.
1: And we're hoping to... Um, get one or some of those produced at some point in the future. And Mm -hmm. I'm also writing a blog Mm. called The Other Side of Everything on Facebook, which Mm. is a series of essays. I've always loved writing essays. I've published essays. For me, that is the greatest form of using my voice because it is very personal. Mm. I tell personal stories, funny stories, inspirational stories, and Mm. I can offer my own thoughts and, Mm. and inspiration and encouragement to others and yeah. um, also thinking to attempt the last media form I haven't yet, which is to write a, a novel, yeah. to be able to put all that together, um, the visual with poetry and screenwriting and the be- ability to do, to do research, um, mm-hmm. I think could all come together nicely and possibly mm-hmm. a future novel, who knows.
0: Wow. wow. So, Anne, what do you say to others who may be struggling with speaking their truth um, and letting their voice be heard? What advice do you have for them?
1: I would say keep speaking up. Don't um, hide your voice. Don't hide your gift. It was given to you for a reason. You are worthy of it. And don't give that up for anybody. Mm. And I would say immerse yourself in truth. Mm. For me, I have all these affirmations taped to my bathroom wall. (laughs) And, uh, you know, one of them is uh, being a person of faith, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, surround yourself with positive voices, other people, friends that can be encouraging Mm -hmm. to you, Mm -hmm. who are for you, not against you, who um, understand your thoughts, who want to know your Mm. thoughts and feelings and encourage you that don't judge you. Mm -hmm. Just today, I ran across a quote by Brene Brown, which uh, really struck me. And she says in the quote, One day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through. Mm. And it will be someone else's survival story. Mm. Mm. I think what we go through can have a ripple effect.
0: Mm. It's
1: like a stone tossed into a pond. Mm. And when we reach out and help others, then those others can also reach out and help even more people.
0: Mm. Well, Anne, I just thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Um, We thank you for your voice, for being so strong and speaking your truth and the encouragement that you give for others to do the same. Thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Kevin.